Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Lost with Friends. As always, I'm your host, Paul, and I'm joined today by one of my favorite people to talk to. Go ahead and reintroduce yourself, sir. Hello, everyone. This is Andrew again. Uh, not Andrew Cornforth. The other Andrew, the Asian Andrew uh, from England. Um, and yes, I'm a regular contributor to this show, and I am very happy to be back on. Uh, at the proverbial last minute, I, I messaged Andrew and I said, hey, you know, would you like to talk about uh, the episode One of Us? And he said, it's a Juliet episode. I love Juliet. And he said, we'll think we'll have a lot to talk about, right? Yeah, well, like we spoke about on a previous podcast I was on with Lisa, with uh, with Andy, um, and with Jake, uh, I spoke a lot about how much I love Juliet and how much I dislike Kate. Um, and I, you know what? It was a bit harsh. I don't actually really, really hate Kate. I think I just really love Juliet. Um, and when the opportunity came up to talk about this episode, which I think is a great one for her and her character development, um, I jumped at it. So super excited to get into it. Uh, we might as well just get right into it then. Let's go for it. We start out with Kate, Jack, Saeed, and Juliet trekking their way back across the jungle before deciding to stop and make camp for the night. Jack offers to get firewood and Kate offers to join him. While they're breaking the pieces, she asks him if he wants to talk about what happened to him for the week he was with the others. He tells her the truth. He made the deal, did what they told him, and that they were going to let him leave. She, however, feels there's a little bit more to tell. Yeah, actually, um, before all of that, when they're all trekking through the the jungle or uh, trekking through the, you know, the, the mountains there on their way back to the beach, um, I wrote down that Saeed looks furious. Juliet looks nervous and Jack looks pensive. Um, and I think that kind of sums up all their their emotions throughout the whole episode. Um, I mean, you'll see later on, you know, side with his, the hack, the, the hacks are always like chopping through the trees, you know, furious and really angry and um, frustrated that um, Jack seems to have this protection over, over Juliet. You know, he's, he's confused as to why he's, picking her, the, one of the others who, you know, the, the 815ers are uh, perceived to be the, these really bad people, which you can understand because of what's happened and what's gone before. Um, and, you know, with Juliet, you can just tell how nervous she is and stuff. And obviously we learn later on about the reasons why. Um, and I think one of the, 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 the best things about it is how um, pensive and how apprehensive and, and the way Jack looks. And, you know, he's like, he's unsure about um, how he's going to kind of tackle the the reaction of, you know, his fellow survivors, but also protect, you know, Juliet, who he's suddenly developed this huge and uh, emotional bond with. I find that really interesting. It's It's a common thing with Jack, though. And I mean... Over the last few episodes, I have actually defended Jack in in quite a few ways. But like this, like you just said, like the fact that he has to, uh, you know, kind of balance how is he going to explain this to the survivors and yet, you know, have this protection over her. And the fact that he did develop this this bond with her. And I mean, it makes sense. She made him feel somewhat rightfully so. She made him feel that he wasn't alone. He was she was also being kind of held hostage in a sense by the others. And the two of them were going to get off the Island together, but it was also part of a, of a manipulation, you know, but the fact that he just kind of, I mean, it happened with Kate at the beginning of the series. It happened with Ana Lucia when she joined 
in you know mid season two, he gets these these women who have something. And he just kind of dives headfirst into like, this is who I'm with now. Not even necessarily in a romantic way, but it's just like, this is who, because, you know, he's the hero. So he's like, this is who I need to protect and whatever. And because of all the other stuff, like the fact that, you know, they they were together, but yet alone with the others and whatever. He has that feeling towards her as well, where he's just like, she's the, the new the new person that I need to to protect and I need to watch over. You know, he just kind of always dives headfirst into that. He does, but I think that's you know, there's we we I mean, it's probably been brought up a lot uh, over your podcast, but you know, there's many reasons as to why Jack is like that. You know, his relationship with his father and his need to, you know, um, his need to what are the words I'm looking for? His need to, you know make himself feel like he is important because his, his dad kind of diminished his character in so, in, in so many ways when he was, when he was younger. And even, you know, as a doctor, he would be like, no, Jack, I can do this. You know, you step aside, I'll, I'll, I'll do the job you can't do or whatever. Um, so I think that's part of the reason why he does that with a succession of characters, as you mentioned with Anna Lucia and, and obviously now Juliet. Um, but I think the, the interesting dynamic to this one is that I actually feel with Juliet that it's fully deserved with her because and I know I'm I'm on I'm on the I love Juliet train again, but um, in the you know the, the the previous episodes you see you know why he's doing that because like you just mentioned he he fully understand as understand sorry and is aware that she is being held against her will as well and she's a really you know genuinely good person who has found herself stuck under very unfortunate circumstances um and it's it's something that she you know we all know what ben is like it's something she just can't escape and her only way of doing that is to kind of abandon her you know her so-called friends the the others and kind of switch sides and you know go along with it you're right except and i mean yeah like at this point especially in this episode, we should feel that way. But then we find out at the end and even to the point where she kind of said it to Kate, like it's, it is part of a larger manipulation, you know, like Ben put her up to doing this. Yeah. But even at the end, when you get that big reveal, I, I still, you can tell on the look enough on her face, you know, that I love the, how the music matches with her um, crossing the, the rope as well. But, um, I think you can just tell in her face that she's really at war with her own mind, you know, as to what what to do. She doesn't know what's best. She's like, if I side with Ben, will he finally let me go? Or if I stick with Jack, which I know is, you know, the right thing to do, and to to stick with the the survivors, knowing that their only their only aim, there's no there's no there's no hidden dilemmas that or hidden agendas there like there is with Ben. Where you can kind of get, you can kind of be like, all oh, right, yeah, this he's leading me down one path, and all of a sudden, bang, it will switch on you, and you're like, oh no, actually, no, I am staying again. At least, with, at least you know, with sticking with these guys, okay, potentially it's more of a risk because they're under the control of the others, so to speak, and you know, um, under Ben's control. But at least she knows that their only agenda is to leave the island, and I think that's why um, she ends up making the correct decision and sticking by those guys and obviously signing with them and then you know we lead to season three and her blowing up her ex-friends right 
No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. But like I said, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, at this point, the fact that she's, you know, we I, I feel like, you know, we should feel some sympathy. But then at the end, it, it is calm. It is almost like negated because it's like, oh, well, she's actually going along with it. That's not cool. You know? Yeah. No, no, I understand that. I mean, even when I probably when I first watched it, you know, all those years ago, I probably did think, oh, Juliet, I liked you, you bitch. But, uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I think I think like like re- watching it retrospectively and what you learn later on, you know, you, you, it's quite there's, there's telltale signs there to show you that um, actually she was always kind of going to side with Jack and, and the survivors eventually. Right, right. Back with Saeed and Juliet. She notices Saeed watching her before she finally tells him to speak his mind. He asks questions that so many people wanted to know, such as why the others are on the island, why they're kidnapping children, etc. But first, he wants to know about her. And this is one of those things, I mean, Saeed is kind of like a middle ground character for me. A lot of people like him, a lot of people... Uh, some people don't like him, but for me, he's just very like middle ground. I don't necessarily have strong feelings one way or the other, but this is one of those things where like when he kind of starts to take charge a little bit, I actually do kind of like that. I'm not saying that I would have followed him for like a long period of time. Like a lot of people are like, Oh, I'm team Jack or I'm team lock. I'm not saying that I would have been like team Saeed, but I like when he's just like kind of steps up and he's just like, you know what? I can be a leader too. And I'm going to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I actually also, uh, Oh no. also I really actually do like Saeed. I think he's a great character. Um, but I don't particularly like the way he reacts at this at this time because I think I kind of understand why he wouldn't trust Jack at this point because Jack has been away and he's seen him playing foot, like American football with with Tom and he's he's kind of been like okay what's going on here I don't really understand but I think you know everything that Jack has done through season one season two. You know, I don't know what the t- I can't remember what the timeline is in, in terms. I think it's maybe a, a few months have been on the island. Everything that Jack has done, you'd think he would have earned some grace there. That you, right, you but know. don't forget, Saeed has often questioned a lot of Jack's things. You know, like when they brought Henry to the to the hatch at first, Jack was like, you know, oh, we need to, and like versus Saeed was like, no, leave the arrow in him. I'm going to question him. You know, they were the two back and forth of going to the caves versus not going to the caves. So, I mean, you're right. Jack should have earned some leeway with many of the people, but almost like Locke and Sawyer, Saeed has almost always questioned Jack on a lot of things. Yeah, maybe that's something to do with just uh, testosterone and just like you said, wanting to be a leader himself and just questioning things because... um, not not maybe not not even because he doesn't agree with them just because he wants to challenge them because he wants to uh, you know show his own uh, level of authority um maybe that's why but i i just i just found it strange that he would i mean i i i, I do get it and obviously it made for a better show to have side so angry and and really challenging her on it and putting her in a really uncomfortable situation um but um I just, I just thought it was a little bit unnecessary on his part, really. I think if I was in that situation, I would have just been like, okay, well, let's just see how this one plays out. But 
you know, that's me. I like to think I would think that, but I probably would have been like Saeed where I'm like, give me answers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. I mean, yeah, I, I say I say that, but I, yeah, in in real life, you just never know how you're going to react because obviously they've been through a bit of a, been a hell. I mean, you have to also have to understand Saeed was on the raft when it got blown up, you know, so um, no, he wasn't. No, no he wasn't. wasn't. No, he wasn't. Sorry. Yeah, but um yeah, I mean, he's he's seen a bunch of things, hasn't he? And he's, he's heard a lot of stories and stuff, so... Well, I mean, even yeah. when they... A few episodes ago, when they went to... Uh, when they went to get him, and like you said, he was playing uh, American football, he sees... Like, like, Kate, at one point, thinks, like, oh, maybe he's been brainwashed or something. Because even Locke, at that point, sticks up for Jack and says, like, you know, yeah. we know Jack. Like, if he's playing football with the others, there has to be a reason. But... You know, it's it's kind of like I think Saeed is was leaning more the other way of like maybe he has been brainwashed, maybe he is a mole as well. What like we kind of kind of find out Juliet is. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I've said it before. I always thought. I mean, by this point, watching it the first time, I didn't think this, but for a while, I always thought that Jack was that, that he had been turned by the others. You know. See, so, that's, 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 that's one thing. I never, ever thought Jack had been turned. Never. That never even crossed my mind when I watched it. I can, I can understand why people would think that. And I, uh, but I always thought his... The way he was, the way he led those people, you know, I just, uh, there's no way that, you know, one opportunity to leave the island would ever, ever change his, his attitude towards getting them off it. You know, that was always his aim, wasn't it? He always wanted to protect and, and and get them off the island that was all i mean to his detriment in the end but um he followed that you know with such blind faith that i i never really thought that jack could possibly go against them and then screw him over right well see now like look looking back on it like you said before like retrospectively it doesn't quite make sense but I mean, at the time, that was what I thought, especially because I hadn't been like I didn't necessarily know about all of the exact character dynamics and all that sort of stuff. I just thought like, wow, this Ben guy is really manipulative. And, and if he could get Jack, who else, you know, he could do anything, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, he definitely tried to play Jack, didn't he? For, you know, for sure. He definitely tried his absolute best. Um, and he tried to use his, his you know, fondness of Juliet to you know he, uh, you know he. Ben wasn't countering on the fact that Juliet would turn against him, so uh, it may well have worked if Juliet had um, stuck to the original plan, which was to kind of play Jack and, um, you know, right. You know, entrust herself into the group by what happened with Claire, which we'll talk about later on. Right. In flashback, Juliet and her sister Rachel drive up to a security gate and talk to a guard. She name-checks Middleos Bioscience from the episode Not in Portland, and the guard tells her that he'll let Dr. Alpert know that she's there. As they're waiting, she and Rachel have a discussion where Rachel questions the seriousness of the corporate secrecy, and Juliet expresses her fear that she won't fit in with the other people. Ethan then shows up, to take Juliet's bags before Richard Alpert appears once again. 
He says hello to Juliet and introduces himself to Rachel and thanks her for letting them borrow her sister. There's then an awkward exchange where she mentions wanting Juliet back and he creepily chuckles before saying, we'll do our best. But then he quickly changes subjects and says that for security reasons, Rachel can't go any further. He and Ethan step away for Juliet and Rachel to be able to exchange their goodbyes in private. Juliet nervously questions whether she should actually go, fearing Rachel's cancer may show back, may show up again. Uh, but Rachel tells her that she's fine, 100% cancer-free, and 100% pregnant, thanks to Juliet. Juliet then tells her sister she'll be back before Rachel gives birth. She promises it. And I believe she actually meant that promise when she made it. Rachel tells Juliet to go and that she spent her life to get here and to not blow it. They exchange I love yous before embracing and Juliet gets into the van with Richard and Ethan. So is this, I I can't really remember, but is this one of the first episodes where we see apart, obviously apart from not in Portland and, but Juliet is essentially the first character that's an other that we kind of delve into her backstory. That's, that's right. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because there was uh, not in Portland. Yeah, I don't think we've gotten any Ben episodes. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, yeah. So I I I wrote down that I it was nice to finally see that the others weren't all bad. If you know what I mean, like we had this perception before that you know the others were these horrible people and were they they were native to the island and they were taking children and they were you know just not wearing proper clothes and all this sort of carry on that we were perceived to believe in season 2 and i thought when these episodes started to come out and we started to learn more about people like juliet um i thought it was very interesting that actually you know she is a genuinely nice good person who has you know created this miracle by allowing her sister to get pregnant, curing her, you know, terminal cancer or whatever it, it was. Um, and I like the line actually from Richard where she put life where life wasn't meant to be. Um, I really like that line. But, um, you know, you kind of see in her dynamic with her sister, you're like, oh, okay, actually, she's a decent person, which makes you think actually uh, moving forward in the show, um, she she could be a valuable member to the survivors. Yeah, you're right, because... Yeah, because at this point, it's like, who do we know? We've seen Tom, and he's been, and we've, I mean, I've actually talked about it with a few other people, where sometimes he seems like he's an authority, then other times he seems like he's comic relief. Yeah. And, uh, we, you know, Ben, of course, is still a big mystery. We don't think much about Richard at this point, that he's pretty much just another lackey, because we haven't seen, you know, like him looking exactly the same in the 70s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is pretty much. And, of course, Ethan, who we always think, even in these flashbacks, we're, we still think, well, yeah, but he did horrible things to yeah. to Claire and Charlie. So I'm never going to feel sympathy for him. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I saw him, I was like, oh, that dude. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, the only other ones that we would have seen by this point, and it's not even like full flashbacks, it's just like Cindy, the flight attendant, you know, like we know that she seemed like a relatively good person and she was just, you know, again, we could think that she was just brainwashed by the others and Mm -hmm. that's why she's just with them, 
you know, but yeah, this is the first time that we see somebody who's like a good person who kind of joins these bad people, quote unquote. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or just, you know, not bad people, but just led by a very manipulative and uh, broken man in, in Ben. It's very strange though. And I mean, we could probably cover it a little bit later in the episode, but it's strange that like all the stuff that he could have done in terms of being the leader and he decided to focus on pregnancy issues on the island like that. I mean, yes, part of it was because he just wanted to keep Juliet there because however he found her, he fell in love with her. But it just mm-hmm. seems very strange that like that was one of because I think one of the characters at another point like in the future actually says it where they're just like, you know, oh, all Ben cares about is pregnant women or something like that. It's very strange that like like we we know that Widmore and uh, Eloise Hawking at two at various points were leaders. We know that Locke was supposed to be the leader or at least we were told that Locke was supposed to be the leader. But it seems and that, you know, they they did various things in in their roles but it just seems strange that ben as the leader was like you know almost like okay i mean it it may not play for for you because of you know the england versus america thing but like a lot of presidents in america they often think especially towards the end of their presidency what's going to be my legacy what's going to be the one big thing that i you know that they history will look back on and say like this was me like abraham lincoln freed the slaves uh president obama has you know the affordable health care act i mean many other things as well but i'm just going to assume that's going to be one of his biggest legacies but you know what i mean like they all have these things and it's strange that like one of the main things that would be ben's legacy as leader of the the others was pregnant women mm-hmm. yeah i mean in the in the grand scale of things of, of what we learn of the of the, the universe that is lost i mean it, it seems pretty you know doesn't it, you know in the grand scheme of things it doesn't really matter but i think one of the reasons maybe why is because that was something that was an issue and he was never you know open to the bigger issues because he never was afforded the opportunity to meet jacob was he so that you know the, the bigger the, more, the bigger and more important things never were really discussed with him. He was just kind of, you know, he, he was he was almost a leader by accident, wasn't he? Really? Yeah. Rather than rather than chosen, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he was chosen really. Well, okay, then that brings up an interesting point, and I I don't want to get necessarily too far ahead in like seasons and stuff, but do you think? Knowing what we know, do you think that when they were the leader, leaders of the others, Widmore and Hawking met Jacob, or do you think they didn't meet Jacob until after they were done being the leader? Because like Widmore, I believe at one point says Jacob came to see him. Yeah, that was when he went back to the island, wasn't it? So, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that was the first time that he met him. No, true. No, I, 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 I would have thought because they made such a big deal out of the fact that um, Ben had never met Jacob, so I'd assume that other leaders had had done, um, and that was probably something that maybe created this uh, war of jealousy between himself, uh, between Ben and and Charles Whitmore. Maybe one of those reasons was because Charles had met Jacob and he used that against him and. Yeah, maybe that's kind of where their, their little feud came from. 
I, I would assume that they would have done. I would assume they would have done. I, I, I think Jacob wasn't a very big fan of Ben. Right. I think that was pretty clear. And obviously, probably not even more when he stabbed him and kicked him in a fire pit. <laughs> I, think, I think that might push him over the edge just a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I would be pretty annoyed about that, to be honest. <laughs> Back on the island, only a moment has passed, and Saeed once again questions Juliet on who she is. But she tells him that if she told him everything he wanted to know, he'd kill her. And he implies he may kill her if, even if she doesn't tell. But Jack and Kate show up, and Jack demands that Saeed leave Juliet alone. Saeed says that Juliet will answer his questions sooner or later, and Jack replies that she will answer when she's ready. He then says Juliet is under his protection. Saeed is angry, Kate is shocked, and Juliet looks almost expressionless. Yeah, I find it weird that she says, you would kill me. I mean, I don't know why he would kill her. I mean... She's she's got a genuine story where she's come from something, you know, completely normal, and she's done not really done anything wrong, actually. Really, I mean, it wasn't her that was administering the injections to Claire. It was, you know, she was doing it. To, I mean, it came across as as bad, and obviously, the reasons for that will be explained again later on. But I mean, she hasn't really done anything that bad, so I don't really understand why it was so dramatic. Why she said she would, he would kill her. I, you know, I don't. I don't think he would. I don't think she's giving him enough credit there. Uh, I think you know he could. She could quite easily tell them the truth, and I think they would all. They're all, you know, nice enough to be able to be like, okay, well, maybe this. You know, this woman's just found herself in a very difficult situation, and she's just like us. I disagree yeah. for two reasons. Okay. One is now. Granted, we didn't know, and you know. Looking back on it, we now know, but like we thought or a, a section of the of the audience thought Henry Gale was telling the truth, but Saeed was just so hell bent on, you know, you're an other you caused Shannon's death that he beat the crap out of out of Ben in the hatch, despite the fact that he kept telling him over and over again, my name is Henry Gale, you know, I landed here in a balloon, blah, 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 blah. And really, we had nothing to take him on but his word. Uh, and two, the fact it depends because, uh, I've talked with a few other people about how high up was Juliet in Ben's inner circle. We know like Tom and Richard and Miss Clue were there as like people who, when he wasn't around, he would like let them make decisions almost. So it just depends on how how Julie, like what was delegated to Juliet, you know, like when they, like on the, for the raft, like when they blew up the raft, like Tom was in charge of that mission basically. So even if something went wrong, yeah, it would have fallen on Ben, but it would have fallen on Tom as well. So was it their choice to, was, was it Ben's choice to blow up the raft or did Tom just decide I'm going to blow up the raft on my own because that's what see that that's what I think needs to happen in the moment. So what did Juliet do ever potentially in, you know, one of her little missions that Ben sent her off on? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that's true. I suppose that's true, but I, I don't know. I just, um, yeah, I, I like Juliet. So I, oh, I, I'm not. I, no, no, no. I'm not saying I don't like Juliet. I, I actually do like Juliet. I think she's a great character. I'm just saying, like, you know, 
she's well one the fact that he you know i don't necessarily think saeed would understand you know like your because he doesn't really understand the concept of the others overall like he keeps saying like why are you here and whatever and if she just said like well we're here to worship a man named jacob like he would think that's crazy right off the bat you know we're here because we're deemed good by jacob or whatever and i'm here specifically because i'm helping the issue of infertility on the island and like I, one, I don't think he would believe any of that, even though it is true. And two, it just, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a good enough reason for her to have done what she did. And it, they all still have the thought that Ethan kidnapped and, you know, injected Claire and whatever. And she even says later on, Ethan did that on his own. But realistically, there is no way for us to know like there is no way for the survivors to know that that's true because we actually do know that that's true because in an earlier episode we see Tom and Ethan and Tom is giving Ethan crap for like you weren't supposed to bring her here and whatever so we do know that Ethan did that on his own but there's no way really for the survivors to know that to believe it to be true it could have just been well that was part of the plan and she was kind of in charge of this plan because she's the head of this infertility research thing no yeah that's true yeah i can't really i I can't really argue with that that's fair and again i say that just from i mean i mean i do say that from a place of somebody who likes juliet it's just that's you know what it is no it's true it's like you said it's it's different for for us as an audience who have seen everything compared to you know the perception of the survivors who have only had this very short period of time with her in Saeed's case right so to take her word for it would be you know like you said it's almost impossible he's almost asking her to tell him something that he's not going to believe regardless so and that's why I think that's why he kind of makes the statement where he's just like you know I'll pretty much he doesn't say it but he's pretty much just like I kind of want to kill you either way <laughs> yeah yeah, and he and he probably would if if things didn't transpire the way they did. Right. The next morning on the beach, Charlie comes upon Aaron crying and Claire asleep. He picks Aaron up to try and comfort him while also trying to wake Claire. She's very groggy and says that she didn't even hear Aaron. She's feeling a bit off and didn't sleep well. She's upset with herself that she didn't hear him cry. Charlie offers to take Aaron so Claire can rest some more. She's perfectly okay with this and falls back asleep almost immediately. Yep. So at this point, I thought that this must be some kind of link because um, with the whole uh, Juliet thing. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did. I thought there'd be there'd be some some sort of link there. Um, I never thought it would be what it was, but I thought, well, it's got to be something to do with the fact that Juliet's on her way because, you know, Juliet is a fertility doctor and i thought well maybe I, I at the time i thought well maybe this is like a i didn't think it was a conspiracy i thought it was like a legit problem that she was having and maybe this was an opportunity a genuine opportunity for juliet to to help her um but obviously it transpired that it was you know something that they they did on on purpose but i i thought it was it was the show's way of being able, being like okay this is how we get the survivors to trust juliet by survive by helping Claire, who is one of the most well-liked members of the of the survivors. 
Yeah, see, I never, like, I just thought it was, you know, like, okay, they're having just, you know, this is the B story. Something's wrong with Claire. You know what I mean? Or, and I, one, I didn't even necessarily think something was wrong with Claire. I just thought it was, and again, this is all the first time watching it, of course. I just thought it was, you know, she's tired. They've been there for a few months and, you know, she just needs to, to get a little sleep when they, when she had the baby son was like, you know, at a hospital, they would take your baby and let you rest. And basically she's just been go, 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 go. So I thought it was, she just needed, I honestly thought something more was going to happen with Charlie and the baby as opposed to Claire. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I sort of anticipated some kind of link there, but um, I never, I never in a million years, I think it was going to be what it turned out to be. That was, I thought that was brilliant actually. Yeah. Back with the A-team, Saeed is far ahead of Jack and Juliet. He's cutting trees, creating a path for them. Juliet mentions how it wouldn't be worth it to ask Kate and Saeed to slow down, saying the others, who she refers to as my people, kept Saeed tied to a swing set for three days, and she dragged Kate into the jungle and handcuffed herself to her and lied about it. Jack insists they need some time to come around, uh come around to Juliet being with them, joking that they'll probably be over it in a few hours when they get back to the beach camp. Upon him asking, she confirms that she's nervous, which I would be too. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I, I liked her, her little quip um, when she was like, when you know what you just said, when she was talking about how she'd lied and, uh, and, and so on and so on. And then she, she, she sort of turned to Jack and said, how, how long do you think they'll need? Um, I thought that was pretty funny, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, 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 I like Juliet from the start. I did. She even when, even when there was some level of debate over whether she was a good or bad person, I, I liked her a lot. She immediately fit in. Like they, I mean, Elizabeth Mitchell is very good in almost. You know, I, I haven't seen a lot of things that she's been in, but I have seen several things. And she's good in basically everything, but I think they had, like, the perfect casting with her. There are some people in the cast who the character is okay, but their interactions with everybody else are kind of meh. But I mm-hmm. think they just got it perfect with her. She has the right rhythm with pretty much everybody she's interacting with. You know, the the wide range of emotions and all. It was just perfection. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, and she's super hot, too. <laughs> In flashback at an airport, which the airport name is an anagram for Earhart, Amelia Earhart, who was actually previously alluded to in this series. In the first episode of this season, there's an elderly woman who uh, talks with uh, Juliet, and I think she's also in one of the Missing Pieces episodes, and her name apparently is Amelia, and it was supposed to be like a joke thing for people on the internet to be like, oh, this is where Amelia Earhart landed, was on the island, and now she's part of the others. But, yeah. Um, I like that. I like those little things that they put in last time. They were very, they were very good. Yes. Richard is telling Juliet how time will fly once she gets there and six months seems like a long time. And she says she just can't wait to find out where there is. Ethan then comes up and takes her vitals, which she's unsure about, but lets him do anyway. Richard continues to tell her how everyone is excited and her research is going to have a major impact on them. 
He then goes on to pour a large amount of a powdered substance into a glass of orange juice. And when she asks him about it, he tells her that it's a tranquilizer and orange juice. He and Ethan then smile, again, really creepily, while telling her that she'll need to drink it to be asleep uh, for the trip because it can be intense. She finally takes a moment to say that she was fine with, yet she really questions all of the strange things that she's noticed. A lot of confidential paperwork, cutting off everyone from her life for six months, the fact that no one in the medical community has ever heard of Middle-Ost bioscience. But Richard cuts her off and asks why she was fine with all of this. It's a huge leap for a job opportunity. He then tells her that he believes she's fine because she realizes deep down the place they're taking her to is special. She scoffs at this before he mentions how she basically performed a miracle on her sister. The sister's reproductive system was destroyed by chemotherapy, and Juliet made her pregnant. And the line, like you said earlier, created life where life wasn't supposed to be. This is a gift. He tells her that she can do something significant with that gift, especially where they're going. But when she tries asking, he once again tells her he can't tell her where they're going. But he will tell her that things she never imagined will be there. He reminds her once again that no one is forcing her to do anything. But as he's saying this, she takes the juice and downs the whole thing. Ethan and Richard look surprised as Ethan tells her she probably shouldn't have drank the whole thing. And she quickly blacks out. Yeah, I mean, Richard is very convincing, isn't he? He is. And I mean... Again, this is before we find out there's anything, like, mythological about him, so I wouldn't have even considered him to be, you know, one of my favorite characters. I always say he was one of my favorite characters on the show, but I wouldn't have even considered him to be that way. It, to me, it was just like, you know, clearly this guy's been taking manip- uh, manipulation lessons from Ben because he's really good. <laughs> no, superb. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, like, looking at him thinking, yeah, I'll, I'll give me a bit of orange juice and some tranquilizer i'll drink it too <laughs> uh, yeah he was uh very very good there and you know and, and and to be fair you know he is right the island is a very 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 special place the only bad thing about the island was at that moment in time was ben who unfortunately was going to be her boss you know the the island itself is is made obviously is amazing and magical and can do some incredible things um so everything he was saying was right, basically. I still think she gave in a little too easy because those were a lot of things that she said. You know, like uh, confidential paperwork, I get. Cutting off everyone from her life for six months, I can kind of understand that if you're going to be in, you know, like, uh, you know, you have to be doing research and you don't want something to accidentally slip out. That goes kind of along with the confidential paperwork. The fact mm-hmm. that no one has ever heard of the, you know, Middle-Ost bioscience, though, that would be like a huge red flag for me. The fact that they can't tell you anything about where they're going, just the fact that it's not in Portland, that's that would be a, a pretty big red flag for me, too. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be. And I, like, in all honesty, I probably would be like, yeah, I'm backing out of this. I'm not drinking no orange juice and tranquilizer, but... Um, you know, it wouldn't have been a very good show if she didn't drink and walked away, would it? Don't lie. You, I mean, and I'm the same way, you know, Richard looks at you with those eyes and, you know, maybe you would (laughs) drink that orange juice and tranquilizer. (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. I mean, that man liner is pretty hard to resist. So, (laughs) or guy liner, whatever they call it. 
Sometime later, she wakes up on the submarine, restrained on a cot. Ethan draws the curtain and wishes her a good morning. She tries speaking, but he informs her that she'll be hoarse for a few hours, but it'll get better. He then unstraps her and helps her down. As they make their way through the sub, he tells her that they've arrived, and she questions again where they are. Outside the sub, she comes up a ladder and is greeted by Ben. He introduces himself and says he's looking forward to working with her. And that's her first meeting with Ben. And, I mean, obviously he introduced himself as Ben, but, I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's noteworthy, I think, the fact that, like, we're slowly learning a little bit more about him, even if it is through her flashbacks. Yeah. No, true, true. Uh, he's just he's just a creepy little man at this point, isn't he? It's only when... You know, later on in the show, he starts to he starts to redeem himself, but at the moment, he's just like, "Oh, Ben, you are just slimy as hell." <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's he's the bad guy, you know. Like Charlie in season one, when he's trying to to tell Claire, you know, like when she's like, "I don't know who Ethan is," and he's just like, "Ethan's the bad guy," you know, because basically every story needs a bad guy. At this mm. point, Ben is the bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he is well and truly the bad guy. And he's, yeah. I, I must say, though, when one of the, um, I think in terms of shooting a scene, it, that is a beautiful scene when she steps out of the submarine and you just see the island. I think that's that's pretty cool. That shot amazingly well, I thought. Just as a side note. Oh No, you're absolutely right. It's one of the best because there's, it's just... I get almost uh, like he like Richard said, you know, like you'll see things you've never seen before. And it's just like he kind of creates this like concept of the world of of wonderment, I guess, in a you know, for lack of a better phrase. And you just kind of get that as she's looking at it. And I mean, yes, of course, Hawaii is beautiful. We all know this. Most of us have been there. Mm-hmm. But it just there is sort of just this sense of like, wow, when she steps yeah. out. Yeah, there really is a wow moment where it's kind of like justified what Richard said to her, hasn't it, in in many ways. Absolutely. Back in the present, on the beach, Hurley and Charlie are making oatmeal. Charlie still has Aaron. They've resumed their odd couple bromance dynamic while they're discussing the oatmeal, which is nice because, you know, for a while, Charlie was kind of on the outs with everybody and Hurley's been going through some stuff. So I like the fact that they kind of brought that back again. How how do you like your oatmeal? Do you like it slightly sloppy like Hurley, or do you like it a little bit more uh, stodgy like Charlie? I don't know. I I mean, I don't really eat oatmeal all that often, but oh, really, yeah, I'm not really. I mean, not not that I'm not a fan. I just don't really have it that often. Um, oatmeal every morning for me. Every morning. I don't, I mean, breakfast for me is like a bag of cereal or a donut or something like that while I'm on break after I've already been awake for, oh, going on five or six hours. Oh, no, you got to eat breakfast. Yeah, slice up some blueberries, bananas, throw them in there. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm with with Hurley. I like it a little bit sloppy. Oatmeal with uh, maybe some apple pieces and like a little bit of brown sugar or like some sort of sugar. Maybe some mm. milk sometimes, maybe. Yeah, no, I never have sugar. I always have it with milk, but I never I never have sugar in my thing. It's it, it, like the fruit sweetens it up enough. I'm, I mean, I'm American. We put sugar in everything. <laughs> that is true. That is true. 
Sawyer then comes upon them and calls them three men and a baby, saying he counted Hugo twice, and he tries to get away with it by joking that he used Hugo's actual name. Claire then comes over asking for some aspirin. Both Desmond and Charlie tells her she doesn't look so great, but she says her head is pounding. Sawyer then offers her two aspirin before heading for his tent. And I like that because, like, Sawyer at this point, you know, Hurley kind of made him realize, like, he needs to be the leader. You know, like a few episodes ago, it was just like, you need to be the leader of the group now because everybody else is gone. Of course, moment, you know, a moment later, it doesn't last very long. But (laughs) the fact that Sawyer, you know, if anybody else who was part of like the A team, Jack, Saeed, if any of the rest of them had been there, uh, there might have been like a little back and forth of like, you know, well, what can someone give me or, or, you know, give me a bowl of that oatmeal for some for some aspirin or whatever, even for Claire, who he's always had a soft spot for Claire. But it was just immediately like he's like, yeah, two aspirin coming right up. Let me go to, you know, let me go grab it for you or whatever. You know, I like that. Yeah, no, that was definitely some uh, improvement on him as a person, wasn't it? He's, he's starting to develop into he's softening. He's always been a nice person at Sawyer, obviously, but he's starting to soften now, which is good. Right. And it's good. I mean, except for son, well, son really only it's, I, I, and I said it in a previous episode, I like the fact that he is getting back into everyone's good graces after having, you know, taken the guns and then fighting them all when he comes back, uh, you know, y'all took my stuff again and whatever. So I liked the. I always liked when, when he kind of, even though it's, it happens every like once or twice every season when he kind of redeems himself, and gets back into everyone's good graces. Oh yeah. No, uh, I, I love Sawyer. Awesome. Uh, as Sawyer starts to go, he sees Jack coming around the shoreline and says his trademark son of a bitch. Son- yeah. Uh, everyone loves the reunion scenes. These are always good. Yes. Son they then are. notices Jack and yells for everyone yells uh, so that everyone hears her and all the survivors then notice and run to greet him. Sawyer sees Kate and everyone is excited to see Jack, Kate and Saeed back. Sawyer and Jack shake hands. Sawyer and Kate hug. Uh, but behind the commotion, Sawyer notices Juliet and asks what she's doing there. Everyone turns around and sees Juliet, a stranger to most of them, standing slightly behind the gathering. Yeah, I, I, I did pick up on one thing. Was I, I loved the, the... I think this was fantastically well acted, especially not so much from Jack, but from Sawyer, or from Josh Holloway, however you want to refer to him, but from Sawyer's character. I thought his acting, in, in like when he saw Jack, like he, he had this brilliant way of, of, of having... like He wasn't happy to see him, but he had this sort of genuine mutual respect. And I think that's, that was, it's one of the first times we, we see that between the two of them as characters. I mean, they're always sort of been at loggerheads, haven't they? And it's always, even when they've been, there's been some level of respect, it's always been kind of jokey and played off in a, a, a more of a, a humorous way. Whereas I thought genuinely he looked at him and he shook his hand and he was like, okay, I'm happy. I'm glad you kind of got out of it. And you're, I'm, 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 I'm glad you're back. Right. I, I, don't know, I just thought that was a really actually quite a, a nice moment actually, but the way they shake hands and kind of embrace and it was like, yes, okay. There's some, there's some real genuine mutual respect between the two of them now. Yeah. 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 Like they've been at odds before, but it's just like, you know, they, they're both like, you know, we, we've both been through some shit like, you know, <laughs> yeah. 
No, I just I just picked up on that. I just thought it was really good. I think it was very well acted by Sawyer. Very well acted. Oh, I don't disagree. But yeah, when he when he does see Juliet and the, the music kind of you know fades out again, and it's like you know that sudden stop to the music to to, to let you know that Je- uh, Sawyer has seen Juliet, and then everyone kind of turns around and looks at her, and it's like, yeah, you're in you're in trouble here, Juliet. That's that's not a good way to enter. Right. A bit later, Juliet is sitting on the beach as all the other survivors are having a meeting about her. Hurley comes to talk to her, and he mentions how he didn't see her the day at the dock. She jokes that she had the day off. This makes him want want to laugh, but he holds it in because she is still the enemy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what I said, like before, when I said, you know, like she had like the perfect interaction with like everybody. Just the fact that she can she can deliver that line, you know, like to somebody who this character she's never met before, but she just, you know, I mean, yeah, they they all know, like the others know a little bit about the survivors anyway. But the fact that she could just say that line to him, knowing that you know it'll probably get a smile out of him. Like if she had said that to like Son, Son would have given her like no leeway. I think, you know, yeah. No, I think this is like classic Hurley moment, actually. I think he is brilliant in this. Um, just the way, you know, the way he comes over and he sort of sits next to her. It's really awkward. And it's just, it's just I think it's just a fantastic little scene. Um, just classic Hurley. And it just, you know, he, yeah. I was just about to say that. Classic Hurley, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just classic. Yeah, it's just, that is his character just in, you know, a minute worth of, of film there. Um, just the interaction between him and Juliet is, uh, yeah, it's kind of like really endearing and sweet. And, uh, yeah, he's he's such a a genuinely good person, isn't he, Hurley? Absolutely. He's, I mean, he's the heart of the show. Well, I mean, yeah. And I think, I think it was, I mean, don't want to ruin it for people that are listening to this that haven't watched the show yet. Um, but, or what are listening to it as, as they watch, but, uh, yeah, that's why I think he's so integral to the end of the show. I think they 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 they, they soon realized, you know, his character was just so well loved and um, revered that it, it just it made perfect sense to end it that way. Right. Hurley tries making small talk with her about being a doctor, but she questions immediately if he was sent to keep an eye on her, and he nods. He then <laughs> says how the last other, Ethan kidnapped claire and he tells her that they buried him over there and she looks off into a little woodland area and i just like that he's like we buried him over there like <laughs> yeah. they have they have a graveyard but he didn't get to be buried there <laughs> yeah yeah they give the graveyards the other direction you your guys over in the woods over there yeah <laughs> buried underneath the rubble but um yeah i mean that that was good because you had that moment of of humor and that moment of sort of there's a potential uh, um, acceptance from the survivors through Hurley, um, but then you, but then there's like this stark contrast where it's like, well, actually, don't mess with us because we will, we 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 are more than capable of killing one of you if you screw us over, like you know, and that's and and I think it meant more coming from a character like Hurley that he said that rather than if it came from like a Saeed or if it came from a Sawyer, or if it came, like you said, a son or anything like that, Be- because it came from Hurley, it even had, it even impacted you even more. It was like, well, if Hurley's going to say that, you know, that don't mess with these guys because 
they're, they're really, you know, they're, they're fed up of having to deal with all this shit. Right. Oh, yeah, when when the most peaceful character basically mm-hmm. goes hard-ass, even, for, even in just a quick line like that, yeah. Yeah, it, it means so much more. It has that much more impact cause it, because it comes from Hurley. Right. In flashback, Juliet is at the staff medical station as a heart rate flatlines. Ethan is telling Juliet the woman is gone. We also see Goodwin, who we saw in season two, who tells her that she tried her best and to take off, he'll talk to Ben. A bit later, Juliet is sitting by the sea on some rocks. Ben comes to talk to her, explaining that the woman, Sabine, chose to get pregnant knowing the risks. Juliet shares her theory that she believes the issue starts at conception, and if so, she can't do anything about it while on the island. She tries convincing Ben to let her take a woman off the island to test the theory, but he refuses. She goes on to tell him that if that's the case, there's nothing more she can do. She's sorry she let him down, but her sister is giving birth in three months, and she hasn't even been able to call her. She says she wants to go home. And, I mean, the math, of course, adds up. This is her six months. This is when she should be able to leave. End of contract, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, that that this is when you start to, um, when you're watching it for the first time, it's when you start to be like, okay, I kind of feel sorry for her now because she 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 has kind of like we mentioned earlier, given up a lot to go and be part of this Mitchell uh, Lewis bioscience. Sorry, I can't pronounce it, but um, and and then the fact that now it's almost like she's given everything. She's seen woman after woman after woman die under her care. And, you know, she, she has a legitimate um, potential uh, fix by taking a, a woman off the island and, and he won't even let her do that. So it's kind of like she's cracking her head against a brick wall, isn't she? So you kind of really start to feel sorry for her now. And it's it's that has to be so hard, like on a doctor. I mean, we've seen it like from Jack's perspective. And of course, you know, I know I always bring it up, but it, I mean, it. it makes sense when medical things are discussed, like, you know, a Grey's Anatomy or an ER or Scrubs even, whenever any of those doctors, and I mean, a lot of it's, not all of it, but a lot of it's based on real life. When any of those doctors lose a patient, it's an incredibly difficult thing. Jack, even in season one, when Boone died or when the Marshal died, these are people who he looked at them and with everything that he had equipment-wise, he knew he wasn't going to be able to save them. There was literally nothing he could do, but it still weighed so heavily on him because, like, that's the responsibility that a doctor takes on is, like, this person's life is in your hands. And like you just said, she saw woman after woman after woman die under her care. Like, that has to be so, like, I don't want to use the word paralyzing, but, like, it has to be so heartbreaking, you know? Oh, of course. Of course it is. I mean, you know, you're only human. I mean, I know at the end, I know people have this perception of doctors and people in the medical industry that they, they deal with it on a day-to-day basis, so they some and somehow become immune to it. But that, that I, I, I refuse to believe that. Like, you, you lose someone under your care, it's, it's going to affect you as much the 50th time as it is the first time. It's right. just how to deal with it, right? It's still going to affect you the same. It's just, you just learn to deal with it in a better way. Exactly. So. And I mean, especially because, like, these people are from such a small community like she knows these people 
You know yeah, what I mean? I mean like she's, realistically, she's, like Jack's father says at one point, like when he's uh, in the White Rabbit episode, when he's talking with with the child version of Jack, and he says, you know, like a boy your age died on my table today, but I was able to come home, or you know, I was able to to wash my hands, come home, pour a drink, watch. I think he says Carol Burnett, and you know, laugh because he keeps work at work. But, like, that to me is not necessary. I mean, I don't want to say he wasn't a good doctor because maybe he did what he was supposed to do. But there's a difference between, like, being a doctor and a healer. And I don't mean in the sense of, like, Rose went to that healer. Do you know what I mean, though? But, like, if you actually, like, take on the responsibility, it can be crippling. But it, I think it just drives you to be a better doctor in a way. Yeah, of course it does. I mean, it's it's bound to surely because you know you're almost desperate not to lose someone, so you're just that much more you know willing to put in the you know the the extra hard work and the research or whatever to to, to stop that from happening. And that's what kind of why you feel sorry for Juliet because she's trying so hard. She's like, let me take someone off the island. I can fix this problem, and then you know we won't have this issue anymore. But he's not allowing her to do that, which is you know unbelievably frustrating as we as we've already touched upon right ben then tells her that rachel will be dead before the three-month period and her cancer is back he pulls out a file to show juliet it's rachel's medical notes he says he got it from me kyle and apologizes for not showing her earlier saying he didn't know what good it'd do she begins to yell at him that the good would have been her going home and being with her sister He tries calming her down, saying she can still leave and be with Rachel in her final days or stay and help with his problem. She questions how this is even a choice, and he tells her that he can heal Rachel's cancer if she stays. She mentions taking this on faith, and he says how she's been on the island for six months, has seen all of the other's medical files, and asks if she's seen even a trace of cancer. Juliet mentions how Ben won't let her sister come there he interjects saying jacob would take care of it himself he then invokes faith in jacob before reminding juliet that every woman on the island needs her help and if she stays he promises he'll save rachel's life yeah this is yeah this is manipulation beyond belief this 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 is like at the time uh, obviously i genuinely thought that rachel had cancer i mean you know she didn't, did she? I, mean, I, I don't should... think so. I was just about to yeah. say, I, I mean, yeah, I used to think that, but like rewatch, like, you know, probably maybe the second or third time rewatching it. I'm like that little bastard. <laughs> yeah, that was like, that was the lowest of the low, really, wasn't it? To use her, to use the sister that she left behind, the, the most important person in her life, um, you know, to, to come and help solve his problem. And then she's, he's using her, to keep her there, which is like the, the lowest of the low, isn't it really? Um, at the time, I genuinely thought, you know, oh, I was like, oh, okay, this is amazing. Like, this, you know, this Jacob guy who we haven't even seen or, you know, we've only been mentioned fleetingly as this sort of like uh, godlike figure um, could potentially fix her. You're like, okay, well, Juliet, you've not really got a choice. You've got to stay. Um, but obviously, yeah, we, we learned later on that it's just, the worst form of manipulation you could probably probably do really but now i mean on the other hand knowing what we know about jacob and the fact that he is like this godlike figure you know he he can make 
people immortal like himself, like just by touching them. Richard, he, you know, anybody who who he's touched is a candidate, but only if he really wants them to be or whatever, you know, because all those rules get really tricky. Um, I mean, one could argue that, and again, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to this theory, but one could argue that maybe the cancer did come back and Jacob did heal her, whether, but of course that goes back to our thing of Ben never actually having interaction with Jacob where like, if like, for example, it, at the end of season two, you know, Tom and uh, Miss Clue and whatever make the arrangement with Michael. You bring our man back and these people will let you go. And Ben even says, you know, like, I don't like the fact that this deal was made, but I'm going to keep the word of someone in my camp, basically. I don't think Jacob being the true leader godlike figure of the others would have held Ben's word to be you know well he said it so I guess I have to do it I don't I don't think that's the case if we actually believe that she did have cancer I mean yeah again I I mean it's it's a little difficult because like I said we don't you and I don't believe that but just going on on the basis of if she did have cancer Right. I don't think like I think Jacob, especially because we find out Jacob isn't really the greatest guy either. He's kind of a dick, too, in my opinion. And like, I think he would have kind of looked like especially if if Ben had said this is how I imagine it again, if we believe this, that Ben would have been like, okay, so Richard, um, I told Juliet that if she stayed, which she agreed to do, but if she stayed, uh, Jacob would heal her cancer. So you need to get on that for me and go talk to Jacob. So then Richard goes and Jacob would probably just be there. Like he made this, like he made his bed. He has to fix it. I'm not going to fix this woman's cancer. Yeah. 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 Back in the present, uh, and on the beach, the survivors are discussing Juliet son, Charlie and Sawyer all mention how she's one of them and can't be trusted. Jack keeps insisting that she was left behind just like himself, Kate and Saeed. Sawyer suggests Saeed torturing her, but Saeed refuses. Saeed does, however, mention that he doesn't trust her either and wants to know how much time until she answers his questions. Jack says his trust should be enough, but Saeed says it is not, which, of course, we talked about a little earlier. Yeah. Desmond chimes in asking where Locke went. While all of this is happening, Claire has shown up still looking very groggy. Jack answers Desmond, saying Locke went with the others after destroying the sub he was going to get on when they let him go. Sawyer voices what everyone wants to know. They were going to let Jack go? Jack confirms Ben was going to let him go, and Sawyer mentions Jack should have let Ben die instead of saving his life, but Kate tells him to back off. Sawyer and Kate have a bit of a standoff before Jack chimes back in, arguing with Sawyer again. Sawyer then asks why Jack is fighting with everyone in the group, but is standing up for one of them. Jack begins to say how he was constantly trying to figure out a way to get them all rescued while he was with the others. And I actually, I've mentioned this a few times, but I'm going to keep driving the point home because, I mean, especially because I have been so hard on Jack, that is something that like, I mean, the very next thing I have is the fact that Claire faints, you know, but like, All the times, whenever it's brought up that, like, Jack was, you know, even when he has that scene with Kate in the in the rec room or whatever, uh, 
at in Dharmaville and he says to Kate, like, I was going to go home, bring back rescue so I could save everyone. And nobody ever gives him enough credit for that, I think. You know, and again, I say that as someone who's not a fan of Jack, he was like he was keeping his head down. He was doing everything that he needed to to potentially get his people saved. And it looked like everything was finally going to work out for him. And yeah, they keep questioning him on everything. And I think a lot of things and again, this is just me. I think a lot of things that he does should be questioned because I don't like his leadership style. But with that plan, I think none of the other characters and a certain section of the fan community don't give him enough credit for having come up with that plan and being like mere moments away from actually following through on it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a completely out of his control. That, that plan would have gone if it was, you know, it was just luck, wasn't it? So, you know, he he was he 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 was like you said, seconds away from getting off the island, and and not that he would have ever been able to come back, but obviously he didn't know that at the time. As far as he was concerned, he was doing the best thing he could do to get everyone off the island, you know? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, not take. Well, actually, he would have been able to come back just in as much as Michael came back because he, I mean, just like he came back later because he felt an emptiness, but it would have been for a different reason. But just in his mindset, I mean, he was, he had a really good plan that I, I think, even in the past watching it, I, I don't think I even gave him enough credit for how good of a plan and how good of a follow through he was actually having on that plan. Because everybody, like I said, every time it's brought up, there's something that happens. He he has that moment with Kate, you know, a few episodes ago where he tells her this plan and moments later Juliet comes in and she's just like, okay, we're getting ready to leave. Uh, you know, now he goes to tell everybody this plan and Claire, uh, you know, starts spitting up blood, you know? Yeah, he never gets to fully justify himself to the group, does he? Right. As I said, Charlie realizes something is wrong with Claire as she begins spitting up blood. Uh, Jack runs over and begins helping, asking questions about how long she's been like this. Is she getting enough water? So on and so forth. Juliet runs over and asks Sun what happened. Jin says something in Korean, which Sun translates as, what do you care? And in parentheses, I wrote, let's not forget, Juliet actually speaks Korean. Does she? Yeah, in season, I think it's season four. No, it's in a few episodes from now, I want to say. When she, I, I don't remember when it is, but at some point uh, she tells Jin that Sun was cheating on her and there's the potential that she that he's not the father of the baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah um, it's uh, DOC, right? I think so. So, yeah, so she, but she tells him that in Korean. So she does speak Korean. Hmm. You never know where, you never uh, see where she learned that, though, do you? No, I think I mentioned it in an episode with somebody else. Uh, I think there's like just certain classes that you take when you become another, how to sneak through the jungle and not leave a trail, you know, martial arts 101, you know, various languages. <laughs> Man, being another is hard work. <laughs> As Kate is walking away, Juliet rushes to her, saying she needs her help in getting Jack's attention. She can help Claire because she did this to Claire. Moments later, Kate... Hmm? 
I, I just I just thought it was just a boom 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 moment, wasn't it? Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> I did this to her. Like, what? And then you start to Yeah, and then it all starts to make sense, her being like a baby doctor and you're like, Oh, what did she do? This that that's your moment because you said you thought something at the you know, when mm. we first started seeing stuff with Claire at the beginning of the episode, so this is your moment. Mm-hmm. It's happening. <laughs> Moments later, Kate is bringing Jack to Juliet. Sawyer and Saeed are watching this, exchanging with each other how uncomfortable this makes them both feel. It's very dangerous when the two of them are in agreement on things, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Because they're, they're, they're... It's weird. They don't really have much interaction together at all, do they, really? At all, throughout the whole show. Uh, Mostly in like the first half of season one. That's really it. Like when they're, they're they're completely at odds with each other in season one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really think there's much there, but. Uh, Juliet then explains Claire's immune system is turning on her, a reaction from a medicine she was given when abducted by the others. It was designed by Juliet herself. She goes on to tell how women can't have babies on the island. Uh, and I wrote, this explains why they always want to kidnap the, the children, you know, which basically that's an answer right there to a question. You know, people always say like, oh, they never answered questions. That's a big answer right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mother's body treat the baby as an invader and all the pregnant women died. Kate shoots a glance at son. Juliet then explains how Claire is the exception. And I mean, I I have another note, but yeah, I think, uh, the fact that Kate looked at son, you know, obviously we, that goes on to influence the, you know, a few episodes from now, but, uh, that was a nice also little reminder on the fact that son is pregnant. Cause they haven't really talked about that much in the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're suddenly realizing that son is basically in impending danger. They don't have the island soon. Then we're going to lose son. Um, which is no one wants that son is also an awesome character in the show. Agreed. We then see some flashback images as Juliet is talking. She explains how Ethan took blood samples from people, and even though Claire didn't conceive on island, she was still showing the same signs, so they tried to save her. Jack asks about the kidnapping, and Juliet confirms this wasn't supposed to happen, as Tom hinted at in a flashback prior, which I I mentioned earlier. Uh, and she had developed a serum which Ethan was administering until they realized he wasn't on the plane. Yep. We then see this moment uh, of Hurley telling this to Jack and the moment of Ethan before he kidnapped Charlie and Claire. Juliet then goes on to say uh, he did that on his own and she realizes how this sounds, but without the injections, Claire would have died, and now she's going into a withdrawal. If she isn't treated quickly her immune system could shut down entirely. And this goes back to what I was saying earlier on the fact that, you know, really all they have is her word. But now versus before where Saeed just had her word as they were just traveling. Now it's a matter of all they have is her word and the possibility. Do they, do they want to risk her, you know, lying and risk uh, Claire dying or do they want to trust her and, you know, potentially Claire lives. Trust. 
No, anyway. I mean, yeah, so. I, I probably would have done the exact same thing. I'm just saying it's it's now it's a matter of like they do have to trust her word, you know? Yeah. But that's that's kind of how, you know, that was the perfect scenario. That's how they wanted it to play out, wasn't it? Oh, of course. So well, that's Ben. He's He's, you know, always 10 steps ahead of pretty much everybody. Yeah, he's smart. They can't can't deny that. He's a master of manipulation. But um, no, I think uh, obviously we didn't know that when we were watching this. So at the time we were thinking, okay, well this is this is really good for Juliet because now it's gonna because I, I I was already you know having a soft spot for her because I you know we'd seen in the flashback her you know what what's what's happened with her and how she's gone to the island as a basically a just a, a normal you know woman that um has done good things in the past and you know she she's been taken there for her set of skills and she's been held there now against her will and she can't see her sister and stuff. so we, we were already kind of endeared to her already so the fact that now she had the opportunity to kind of make them trust her i was like yes this is great because i really want juliet to stay with them well, yeah, that's what you were saying earlier, right, was about the fact that you th- you did think this was going to happen and you thought it was just going to be a thing of like, oh, great, Juliet gets to be the hero and, and endear herself to the survivors. Yeah. But then, of course, the twist comes later that it was actually all a setup so that she could endear herself. Yeah, which which was a bit, a bit of a blow to the old stomach, really. Get, like, getting punched in the nuts. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, because I really, really, really did like Juliet. Um, but at the end of the episode, obviously, we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to it. But um, I was pretty gutted, actually. Right. Juliet mentions how Ethan kept medical supplies close near the caves, and she could get them and get back before it's too late. Kate doesn't look too sure, but Jack tells Juliet to get moving. And again, that's one of those things, you know, like we, like I said a moment ago, like, you know, the life and death decision and, you know, I think he made the right one. Yep. I mean, very rarely did Jack make bad decisions, I don't think. I think he always made relatively good decisions, I think, really. I mean, it's, it's well documented on this show that I would slightly disagree with that statement, but yeah. <laughs> In a flash... Okay. No- I, I don't like Kate, and everyone loves Kate, so, you know, it's one of those things. You can't, not everyone can agree with your opinion. Right. In a flashback, Juliet and Goodwin are in bed eating ice cream, and I know I just kind of skipped over the Goodwin thing before, but I do kind of like the fact that they do this. They do it a lot with Tom uh, later on, you know, the fact that, uh, you know, once he... Once he dies, we see him a little more in flashbacks. Uh, the character of Ethan, of course, I think there's the joke that he was in more episodes after his character died than he was before his character died. You know, like especially like the season, like the season three premiere. I love that moment. I'm not saying like that episode is one of my favorites, but just the moment when we first see him and he's just like kind of this regular guy in that moment of like fixing the plumbing or whatever at Juliet's house. And it's just the thing of like, oh, that character's back. And I've said that before, like when we see Boone and Shannon and all those people where it's just like, oh, that person's back and they fit into this story. I don't give a crap about Goodwin. I really don't. But just the fact that it's just like, oh, okay, that's someone I know and I recognize 
a, you know, a character on the show. So it's nice that they gave like another layer of his connection to the overall story. Yeah, I I didn't really like their relationship actually. I didn't. I thought that was. I I don't think she would have gone for him anyway. I find I just find it a bit strange that one. I do. I must admit. But I guess they had to give her. She had to be with someone to to give um, the Ben story a bit more substance. You know, of, of his jealousy and love and whatever for her obsession. What well, was obsession, wasn't it? But yeah. <laughs> I, well, I think I don't really know who else they could have chosen out of the, the others. So I guess good win. I mean, it wouldn't have been Tom, would it? So yeah, there's not anybody that like that springs to mind. I mean, of course, I you know like that we've met at least. You know, and I I I do like like I said, I like when they bring somebody back instead of introducing yet another new character. Like if she had been in bed with somebody else. Like I would like like a random person that we're just meeting for the first time. I don't think it would have had as much of an impact as like even in this. I mean, we end up finding a little bit more out about their relationship in the future, uh, ep- in, like in future Juliet episodes. But just in this moment, just knowing like, oh, we know that guy. Oh, he died at the hands of the Tailies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like and just like she's she's you know in she has a good relationship with him he dies she has a good relationship with ethan not a romantic relationship but a good you know like a working friendship relationship with ethan he dies all at the hands of these people that now she's trying to be like hey let me be one of you despite the fact that multiple people that she's become friends with on this island and in the group of the others have died at the hands of these people yeah, but I mean, that just shows you how desperate she is to get off the island, doesn't it? I mean, she doesn't, she, she's, in many ways, like, I think she refers to it in a later episode or maybe even uh, in this episode when she says, you know, I'm, I'm all, and I think it is this episode when she says, I'm already on my own, Jack. Yeah. Like, you know, she is, at the end of the day, she, she's not really, she, she, she's with them to get off the island, but at the end of the day, she's just there. She, she's finally putting herself first. She just needs to get off the island to see her sister, you know, that's just, that's you know I like I kind of that's where she is isn't it she's uh, she doesn't really belong to any group but uh, you know only maybe much later on I think maybe when it gets to say season five and you know they've left and the island starts moving through time then she's like okay then this is this is my group now but otherwise I, she was up to that point I think she's just kind of in it for herself to get away. It's interesting because and I know uh, you're a huge Desmond fan. And somebody else in a previous episode kind of pointed out how Desmond is very similar in that way right now, where, yes, he's hanging out at the survivor's camp and he's living there, but really he doesn't get involved in much of their business. He doesn't like he doesn't go on any adventures with them. He doesn't really care about the you know the interwoven things of their lives he's just kind of and again this is this is not a point that i brought up this is a point that someone else brought up but just the fact that like he's just kind of there because right now he can be on his own we know that he lived in the hatch he you know survived on on the boat for for a long period of time but like we know that he can be on his own but right now he's just like it's the smartest option 
to stay with these people. He doesn't need the people, the people don't need them, but he's kind of an outsider amongst their group only mm-hmm. because he's just like, it just makes sense for me to be here right now. They have supplies. I can find, you know, because he, they see him in a previous episode, like hunting boar with Sawyer and whatever. So he can do things for himself, but it does mm-hmm. kind of make sense. So he is on his own, but with them, similar to Juliet by the end of this episode. Yeah. No, they're, they're, they're actually two very intriguing characters. They, like you said, they're kind of, they're in, they're, because they're, they're, they're with the group, but they're not. They're kind of like floaters, aren't they, in many ways. They're, they're sort of, they're, they're um, two very, oh, they're just two fantastic characters, I think. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're probably, if I, if I had to, if, if someone said to me, Andrew, who are your two favorite characters on Lost? And I think... I would struggle not to pick those two. I mean, Locke would be up there as well, but I think those two for me are just, they're two really, I mean, I think if I ever met Desmond or Juliet, I think I'd probably lose my shit. (laughs) I'm actually kind of surprised you haven't met uh, Elizabeth Mitchell yet. Cause like, I know you've uh, in the past in your various travels, you've been to like different, like, you know, comic conventions and things like that. And she does go to some of those. I'm kind of surprised you have. And, like, you've met, like, Evangeline Lilly. I'm kind of surprised you've never made it a point to meet Elizabeth Mitchell. Yeah, she, she's she been to a few um, Once Upon a Time uh, conventions here in London that I've, I haven't had the opportunity to go to. But, um, I would, no, I would, love, I would love to meet her, for sure. If I, I you know, definitely, 100%. But um, there's a lot of like um, Walking Dead conventions now, and uh, they have a lot of Losties that go to that. Like um, Desmond's been to a few, and Richard has been to a few, and um, a few like sort of minimal character, like smaller characters, like Bernard, who was going to be at the Lost convention you guys went to. Yeah, there's 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 been a few opportunities, and I think there will be in the future. So maybe that's something I could definitely do. But um, yeah, I would love to do that. I would love to meet her too. I actually, uh, uh, Esteban, who's been on this show, actually did get to meet her and was like, "Oh, are you jealous?" I'm like, "Of course, I'm jealous." <laughs> mm. she, did, did he say what did he did he say what she was like? He said she was very nice. He said she was she was very sweet. Which I mean, you know, she's one of those people that. You, you almost never hear like negative things about her, even from people like, you know, uh, Matthew Fox, like Dominic Monaghan said some negative things about him. But like, you know, people say things, but like I've never heard anybody really say anything negative about her. I, I, I think there's a few other Losties who I'm like friends with on Facebook and stuff, and they've said they've met her or they've like interacted with her in various ways and that she's just an incredibly sweet person. So that's always nice to hear, I think. Yeah, no, that's good. Oh, yeah, I'd love the opportunity. I'd get a really nice photo with her, and yeah, for sure. You'd say you you'd be thinking, oh, do I want to leave Autumn for her? <laughs> no, that that I wouldn't even be questioning that. If she said leave Autumn, I'd be gone. <laughs> <laughs> Autumn knows that though. She knows I love Juliet, so. Okay. So, uh, Juliet and Goodwin are in bed eating ice cream. He notices that she's not in the moment with him, and she confirms she was realizing how she's been on the island for three years. He jokes about baking a cake as there's a knock on the door, and she tells him to stay behind. Now, that's a quick jump from the one of the last flashbacks we saw of her in this. 
Like, you know, her six month thing was up. Now all of a sudden it's three years later, mm-hmm. you know? And that's just the, like we like, we've been saying the whole time, just the manipulation of Ben. Yeah. It's true. And just imagine how many more people, how many more women she's lost in during those three, I mean, during those three years, she yeah. must be at her wit's end by now. No wonder she's ready to turn on Ben. <laughs> Moments later in the living room, Juliet is examining x-rays as Goodwin enters. She tells him Carl developed the x-rays for her and he asks what's wrong. Moments after this, she's dressed and exiting her home, and she storms over to Ben's. He's happy to see her, but she angrily invites herself in. He mentions reading Carrie, saying it's depressing. She tells him that he has a tumor, explaining that the back pain that he told her about. She took x-rays thinking it was a fracture or a herniated disc, but it's actually a large tumor. As he's looking at the x-rays, she points out that he's surprised. He mentions how she just informed him of cancer. Of course, he's su- uh, su- of course he's surprised. She says she told him about a tumor, not cancer. Even though he insists he isn't, she keeps asking why he's scared. She mentions how he told her no one there gets cancer and how he could cure Rachel's cancer uh, and the fact that he lied to her. He raises his voice, but without yelling, saying that he never lied to her. She asks how he can cure cancer yet have it, but he doesn't have an answer. Juliet demands to talk to Rachel, but Ben tells her that won't happen, and she yells again that he never cured her and lied to her. This goes back and forth until he finally yells back that he told her the truth. As she's trying to hold back tears, he reminds her that he gave her his word. She then sobs and tells him she wants to go home uh, and begs him to let her go. He simply replies, no. He leaves as she begins crying on the kitchen counter. And that's, I mean, the manipulation's over kind of at this point. Now he's like literally just holding her hostage. She's like, I want to go home. And mo- a few episodes ago, he even said to Ben, or I'm sorry, to, to Jack, the submarine maintains the illusion that any of the others can leave at any time and she flat out says i want to go home and he's just like no yeah i know it's just it's unbelievably cruel now isn't it it's like uh yeah feeling very very sorry for her at this point yeah and it's just like i said it's just that moment of just seeing her crying up against the, the kitchen the kitchen counter you're just thinking oh man yeah it's not good it is not good in the jungle in the present juliet is looking for a tree and finds the case saeed and sawyer approach her as saeed tells her to step away from that case she tries telling them jack knows about this and that it's full of medical supplies but sawyer reminds her that jack isn't there right this moment Saeed checks inside, and it is the medical supplies she mentioned. Saeed then references Juliet earlier, telling him he'd kill her if she told the truth and how he wants to test that. She tells them both they don't have time for this. Sawyer sarcastically tells her they cleared their schedules. (laughs) After a pause, she points out the irony that they are now the moral police of the camp. She questions Saeed on his past deeds, including torturing people, an unexplained incident in Basra, and so on. She also mentions to Sawyer, calling him James, uh, about the man he killed mere hours before the plane took off in Australia. 
She then tells them to stop pretending to be righteous and that she's taking the case and going to save Claire's life because the two of them don't need any more blood on their hands. She takes the case and leaves. See, I must admit, I do find this amazing because I think to myself, okay, right, we've seen it, uh, you know, in an earlier episode in season three when uh, Jack is in the the tank or the, you know, inside the old shark tank and um, Juliet's introducing herself to the audience and um, as a character on the show. And, you know, she basically, I remember the scene where she closes the book and says, this is your life, Jack. Um, And I just find it amazing. Like, you can find information about people getting divorced. You can find information about when they graduated. You can find information about that. That's relatively easy. But to, to find information on, we know that you killed someone the night before you got on the plane. You know, how do they get that information? I just find that amazing. I, I mean, is Mikhail's lost eye in, you know, in, in a bin somewhere, like watching Sawyer kill someone in cold blood? <laughs> it's unbelievable. How, how have they found that information out? I just find, I just find that incredible. No, you're, I mean, you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of those things. And I mean, I've always said it. I've always been a fan of the others and the mythology of the show. And that to me just further drives the whole, like there is something mysterious about them. And by the end of the series, of course we do learn quite a bit about who they are, why they're there, but there are just these kind of unexplained things where it's like, okay, clearly something is going on here. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I do. I love that. And I mean, you're like from that perspective i always look at it, at it from the perspective of like that was just like she was just a badass right there just telling them like listen you know like you two don't get to tell you know you two don't get to judge me you know yeah well i think juliet knows like because she knows what she knows doesn't she and she's like i'm not the bad person now. i've never killed any all i've ever done is cure my sister's cancer come to an island to try and save people and then been well and truly screwed over. Now everyone thinks I'm some sort of psycho lunatic where I'm not, I'm just caught up in a bad, really bad place. You know, she's Juliet has not, not done anything wrong at all. And it's just like, she's she, like, she's getting treated like the criminal. And, you know, I think she, it's she does really by well. association. Yeah. It's by association. But I think she does, like you said, that she's just brilliant. And just flipping on its head and being like, no, listen, you two are the bad people. And I am the one trying to trying to save this girl. So I'm going to do that. And you can either shoot me in the back or you can let me get on with it. And obviously they realize, you know, that she's uh, she's talking some sense there to them. Right. And I mean, uh, what is I want to say Desmond says it at some point. One of the characters says it is like said it already. And like they you know, they've referenced it a few times, like you said, like she she's just kind of caught up in this situation but like she hasn't done anything wrong and the others have been killed by more of the survivors than the survivors have been killed by the others at this point you know and that's one of those things i love when they bring that up because like it is true the uh, the the survivors are the protagonists i mean jack of course being the main character but like the survivors overall are the protagonists they're the characters we're supposed to care about the most and from their perspective they have been mistreated by the others and i mean objectively they have but Mm -hmm. the others haven't really been treated all that peacefully by the survivors either 
Yeah, I mean, actually, you can delete this, but I, it's, it's a lot like Walking Dead, actually, because I don't know if you've watched it, but everyone loves Rick, but really, Rick is no worse than or no better than Negan, and we hate Negan. But because, like you said, we're we're, we're that we're made to think that they're the best people because we've followed them from the start. It's like you know, but essentially they're the same person, but just on two different sides of the same coin, basically. Okay. I don't yeah. I don't watch that show but I mean I kind of get it cuz I know a little bit about those characters so yeah. Yeah. In flashback we see the opening scene from the season premiere once again we see Juliet the book club the plane crash Ben giving out orders the out of you know I guess I'm out of the book club thing etc. We then see a new piece where Juliet begins to walk away before Ben calls after her saying they need to talk and to come with him. A little later at the flame station, Ben and Juliet approach. Ben tries to communicate over a walkie to Mikhail, but it doesn't work. He then yells into Mikhail that it's he and Juliet approaching the house and not to shoot them. Which I, <laughs> yeah, I love that part. Yeah, I think that's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, he's just he's like he's just old school Soviet, isn't he? So he's you know, anyone crossed his path, he's just gonna shoot them. <laughs> he then tells Juliet that he needs to show her something. Upon entering, Mikhail asks if they saw the plane, and Ben points out how they obviously saw a plane break over their heads. Ben then <laughs> asks what he has so far. We see Mikhail has numerous uh, news reports about the plane and the fact that it's missing. He gives Ben some details about the plane before Ben says he wants details on everyone that was on board. Ben then asks if they can link up to Richard. He tells Juliet that she called him a liar and that hurt before he puts some headphones on. He talks to Richard, who we don't see. We only see the point of view from a camera. A newspaper with the date of the plane crash today, as he says uh, in the flashback, is shown, which Ben points out. Uh, the camera then shows a woman playing with a young boy. It's Rachel and her son. Juliet is happy and sad at the same time. Ben tells Juliet how two years ago everyone was surprised when Rachel's cancer went into remission. She then gave birth to a baby boy she named Julian, which of course obviously references her sister. In the uh, Into the microphone, Ben thanks Richard and tells him they have new visitors and he should come back soon. The monitor is then turned off as Juliet wants it back on to see them just a little longer. Ben tells Juliet that he isn't a liar. She once again tells him she wants to go home, but he reminds her that this isn't their agreement. She stays until the work is finished. She tells him how it's impossible because the mothers keep dying, and he says they'll just find more, and there could even be one on that very plane. I hate that line. I'm just going to say, I hate that. Because, like, that's... Like, we obviously know all of that, but, like, the fact that he actually said that to her just seems too coincidental. Yeah, you know, it just uh, yeah. that, that sort of thing just bugs me. I feel like they had to reference it because that's you know basically the her, her the her whole point of being there is for to find pregnant women. But it just seems like there's no way at that point that he could have known that. You know what I mean? Like that's it's just like that's too. And I mean the whole coincidence fate thing. It just seems like that's just a little too much. Where he's just like you know, and there could be one on that very plane, and there was like you know what I mean. Like that just sounds like something out of a really bad like children's story or something. 
Honestly, with Mikhail around, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if he knew that within seconds. He's like, yeah, pregnant girl on the plane. Yeah, I saw her, I saw her get on. <laughs> with my other eye. That the one, the, wa- the wa- Mikhail's wandering eye. <laughs> yeah, that's just everywhere. That one eye that's missing. It's just, yeah, in places we, we have no idea it's possible to get to. <laughs> Crazy. Back at the beach in the present, Juliet arrives with the medicine for Claire. Charlie questions this, saying Juliet did this to Claire and can't be trusted, but Jack reassures him that she can help and that he trusts her. Jack asks Charlie to step away. And this is one of those things, you know, Charlie's always been very loyal to Jack. And I'm not saying that as a bad thing, but this mm-hmm. is that's basically what Jack has been looking for this whole time, where he's just like, I trust her, like, let her do her thing. And somebody finally gives in to that, you know? I just like how he says to him, he's like, do you trust me? Do you trust me, Charlie? And he sort of looks at him and goes, yeah. And he's like, well, there you go then. Yeah. My trust. And, you know, I, I like that because he's kind of like showing his authority and, and, and uh, yeah, I, I like that moment from Jack. Yeah, for sure. After Charlie leaves, Jack asks how long until it takes effect. And this is the part that I don't like because he then says if it doesn't work, he won't be able to protect her and she'll be on her own. She then replies that she's already on her own as we talked about earlier, but I don't like that moment from Jack because the whole time he's constantly saying, I trust her. I trust her. I trust her. And then in this one moment, he negates all of that by saying, you know, if this doesn't work, I won't be able to protect you. You either trust her or you don't. And this proves he didn't. And that bugs me. Mm, No, I still think he trusts her, but at the end of the day, there's only so much he can do that. This is just, this, I think it's a good thing in many ways because at that at this time at this point obviously I was starting really starting to like Juliet already but at this point you you kind of starting to think oh if it doesn't work then you really are kind of up shit creek kid Juliet and I think that to a certain extent it's kind of a good thing in a way if you look at it on the flip side that Jack is because throughout this episode they're kind of like teasing you a little bit and they're, and they're making you think oh has he sort of turned and is he favoring more you know. Juliet over these people he spent months with but in that one moment he's almost being like no Juliet like I have I'm more than willing to protect you but at the end of the day these people they come first and if you have contributed to putting Claire you know essentially on a deathbed then even even I'm gonna have to cut ties with you yeah but that but then he that to me says that he didn't trust her before when she's and I mean, you know, it no, was okay. that life or death moment where he just had to make a quick decision and it's like, okay, the potential good outweighs the bad. And I get that. But that would that should have been him and I mean again, he said it throughout the entire episode. I trust her, I trust her. The fact that I trust her should be enough for all the rest of you. And in this moment where he could have just been like, you know, good job or whatever, even if like there's he could have he just had Charlie who has this undying love for Claire and he's just like like you just said he's looking at him going do you trust me do you trust me then my word should be enough or whatever it but it wasn't because I don't think he did trust Juliet if he has to then turn to her and say you know if this doesn't work you're going to be on your own that to me does not show trust if he has to if he has to then basically question it seconds later 
But him, her not being able to save her has nothing to do with trust. But she told him. She said, I can fix this. I can, I can save Claire. And then he's like, then go ahead and do it. So that is trust, right? Yeah, I suppose. I, 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 I think it's loose, loosely, loose trust. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's different. It's a different. It's different. It's not. It's not like the way you're perceiving it. I don't think. I mean, I, I, it's, it's completely possible. I'm wrong, but I just, like I said, I think that that him saying that completely negates the fact that this entire episode because i would have had and i mean again i've said it many times i've said it in this episode not a jack fan i would have had more respect for him if he actually had trusted her the whole time versus the moment he kind of gets you know she does something and he's just like you know basically to me he implied i don't really trust you you know (laughs) maybe he's maybe in, in some ways he's looking out for himself because he knows if that does happen and he does stick by Juliet, he's himself going to be exiled from the group that they're just all going to turn against him and he knows that in order to to get off the island he's going to need their help but he shouldn't but he shouldn't have had if he trusted her he shouldn't have had to question it at all if he trusted her he said you know go ahead get moving get this done when she said i can fix this if he trusted her he shouldn't have had any i mean even if he had doubts well one he shouldn't voice them but if he trusted her i don't think he he should have had doubts do you know what I mean? Yeah, but the, 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 we're not talking about the doubts that he would have. We're talking about the doubts that the group would have. And he he relies on that group. So he, yeah. So where, if, if, if it came to a point where she couldn't save it, save Claire, then he'd have to side with the other group. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as 100% trust, if you know what I mean. I think we're seeing it in two different ways. I think we're not so gonna, too. We're not going to agree. No. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's fine. Sometime later, Charlie is asleep, holding hands with Aaron and Claire as she wakes up. Claire asks what happened as Charlie is ecstatic. Further down the shore, Juliet is sitting by herself as Jack approaches her with some supplies. He brought a tarp, blankets, airplane pillows, etc. He tells her where she can set up her shelter, and she thanks him. Jack says everyone is willing to give her the benefit of the doubt, but eventually she'll uh, the, the, the rest of them will need answers. Upon her asking why he doesn't want answers, he says he saw her eyes when the sub exploded. She wants off this island just as badly as he does. That makes her one of the survivors. Yeah, I like that. That's a nice line. Yeah. And see, like, that's, I mean, that would have been fine. Like, that makes me go, okay, like, he's, again, it was just that one peace all the rest of it makes me think that like he's he's in this with her and he's bringing her into the fold and she deserves to be there you know Mm. um later as she's tying her tarp we hear ben in a voiceover preceding a flashback talking about a plan now in the flashback ben and juliet are in his home uh he wants to go over the plan once more. She lays out several things we've seen over the last few episodes, taking Kate into the jungle, handcuffing her to get, uh handcuffing her to uh, herself, Juliet, lying about being gassed and even admitting to the lie if she's caught. They then uh uh then the uh, the survivors will take her to the beach. We see Juliet back on the beach tying the tarp while looking at the other survivors, but we still hear the conversation from the flashback. 
She mentions to Ben how it'll be difficult to get into their good graces, but he reassures her that by that time, uh, by the time she gets there, the implant in Claire will have gone off. She'll have a nice big crisis to solve and how Price is currently hiding supplies in Ethan's old drop spot. He then gives her, uh, he instructs her to further manipulate Jack because Jack trusts her. He gives her a gas mask before telling her that he'll see her in a week. He rolls away in his wheelchair. Back at the beach one last time, she continues tying the tarp with, as Lostpedia described it in the um, the transcript, a cold look on her face. See, I disagree with that. I don't think it is a cold look at all. I think it's like a, a look of, like, she's almost uh, like in angst, like a, a little bit like uh, she's kind of in a... a in a constant battle with her own mind of or her own conscious of what to do, whether to side with Ben is or it, or whether to, as or as we mentioned earlier, to go with the survivors. I feel like that's what her face is saying to okay. me. Anyway, to me, that's what I see. I see kind of that's that's her face. She's like almost like listening to Ben as, as the flashbacks. It's kind of like you can still hear his voice while you're looking at her um, and the voiceover. And I still I think she's just kind of in a little little battle with her own mind as, as to what to do. That's that's what I get from it anyway. I mean, and I, I I think you're right. That's that's what I think. I, I, I just, I, as you know, as, as good as Lostpedia is, um, I, I tend to disagree with them on that one. I think you're right. I think it's, uh, you know, like a, you know, eh, moment. What do I do here? You know, I'm still making the decision sort of thing. But I thought it was great that they, they introduced that little twist because all the way through the episode, I genuinely thought it was just a perfect coincidence that she managed to um, basically implement herself into the group in, in one action, wasn't it really? I mean, she, she kind of bought a few tokens of trust from the whole, from the whole of the survivors by saving Claire. Um, you know, because only, only, only basically... As, uh, Jack and Kate were aware that she actually caused the problem, but as far as the other survivors were aware, she was the one that fixed the issue. So, you know, a lot of people will be looking at her thinking, okay, well, she's she she may be one of them, but actually, she's come here and she's helped save Claire. So, we're more than willing to give her a chance now. Right. You know. So. That was actually my final note on the episode overall. Cool. No, well, well, I, I I thought it was a great episode. I mean, I it's not like you said, it's probably not one of the classics, but it's one of those ones that are, is really integral to um, the development of, of of a few characters of a few characters moving forward. Um, the relationship between Jack and Juliet, and how that further develops further down the line, and um, you know, I think this is kind of like the peak point of, of Ben's manipulation too with Juliet. I think it kind of starts to deteriorate quite quickly when she obviously becomes a survivor and um, turns against him. Um, and in terms of Juliet herself, I think it's, you know, at the introduction of her to the survivors, I don't think you could have more of an impact than what she had. And then with the twist at the end with Ben, I, th- I think it had a bit of everything this episode. And it had some great humor too with Hurley and Juliet. Their interaction on the beach was... Uh, I think some of the best uh, Hurley scenes, actually. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm always up for you know some Hurley humor, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't say it any better than you just did. 
the, the one thing I love about Hurley and his humor is he doesn't have to say anything. It's just his facial expression or just the way he like interprets the words of another character and just he's uh, a bit of a genius when it came to moments like that. Well, even, you know, she said, uh, did they send you over here to keep an eye on me? And he doesn't he doesn't lock eyes with her, but he just kind of like gives a real subtle nod. And yeah. like that, I mean, it's it's serious, but it's funny, too. Yeah, it just make he just makes you smile, which is that's that's what you want, and it, it kind of takes the the drama out of the, the out of the situation, which kind of kind of makes it feel a little bit more more sort of worse, good word, just yeah, just nicer. Yeah, a great episode, awesome. Do we have anything else we want to talk about with this episode? Nope, just that it was awesome, and I love Lost. <laughs> Do you want to let them know your social media so they can uh, follow up on things with you? Yeah, I mean, most of the people that listen, uh, I am friends with already. So feel free to talk to me about this episode. Um, I was actually talking to Jake today um, about a few things. So, um, yeah, if you want to talk to me or if, uh, Lisa or Andy or any of the Cornwalls or, um, you know, any of the guys that we met in 2014, Unfortunately, I didn't get to be there uh, last year, so uh, you know you may not remember me. It was quite a while ago, but um, yeah. If you do want to get in contact, Andrew Hayward on Facebook um, and on um, Twitter at Nesto Twenty Five. And yeah, I'm more than happy to debate and talk about my love for Juliet and Desmond. Um, and if you disagree with it, then I'd be you know more than willing to ignore your uh, comments. <laughs> uh... I think that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you for sitting down with me, sir. It's always lovely talking with you. Yeah, same. No, thank you for having me on. I was actually uh, with Andy a few weeks ago down in London, and um, we were talking about coming back on the show, and we, I was saying like uh, maybe Paul's kind of like forgotten about us or something because he, he keeps posting uh, podcasts, but we're not getting mentioned. But, um, yeah, when you reached out to me a couple of days ago, I was uh, pretty excited to get on and, uh, and talk about you know, lost again, and uh, especially uh, an episode about one of my favorite characters. You couldn't really get much better than that. I was just glad you didn't give me another Asian Asian episode. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm happy about. You know, I felt like I was getting pigeonholed over here. So uh, every you're not the first person to say that. Uh, Kevin said uh, recently that uh, he there was like two episodes that he did and he's like I think you're giving me some of the worst ones what's going on and I'm just like no nah, man I'm like you need to carry me through these episodes because they're really bad yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, all no, it is poor yeah see we're all we're all getting put in little pigeonholes but no I was I was very happy to get a Juliet episode I was very very happy um so hopefully I'll, I'll get a an episode in the future to do with Desmond that'll be pretty cool but I will end with the traditional thank you, namaste, and good luck. Namaste. <laughs> hey, this is Jorge. Thanks for listening to Lost with Friends. Uh, and she's a muffin, she's a cougar, so she's a bit older. I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure Elizabeth Mitchell is in like her 50s. No, she's not. Yeah, I think she is. I'm almost 100% sure she's not. We're going to take a quick moment here while uh, while Paul looks this up. Um, I'm fairly certain she's in her 50s. I reckon she is. 47. 
Yeah, she's close, isn't she, though? She's close. <laughs> I knew she was close. But I, I mean, knew she wasn't. <laughs> 47, she is looking remarkable. Yeah. 